On today's story session, a tale about what happens when animals blackmail each other. This is Old Sultan. My name is Zach Stewart, and these are the Shadow Bear Story Sessions. Welcome to the Shadow Bear Story Sessions, the podcast about how brutally dark and totally insane folk tales and fairy tales used to be, which in my opinion just made them way better. So I've got the most true to the original version of Grimm's fairy tales that I could find, and we're going through it story by story. We'll figure out the difference between the intended lessons of each story and the actual lessons of each story, and at the end of each episode, I'll adapt the tale into a movie or TV show. Let's get right to it with today's tale titled, Old Sultan. We begin. A farmer had a faithful dog named Sultan. Huh. A dog is not what I was expecting, but cool. He was old and couldn't latch onto things with his teeth anymore. So the farmer said to his wife, I'm going to shoot old Sultan. He's no longer of use to us anymore. Oh, come on, guys. Don't shoot the nice old dog just because he can't play tug-of-war with his teeth. Man, I fucking love these stories. We're three sentences in, and someone's already like, I'm gonna shoot my dog. His wife replied, Don't you do it. We should support the faithful dog in his old age. He's served us well so many years. Yeah, go wife. Team Sultan, you must be out of your mind, her husband said. What are we going to do with him? He doesn't have a tooth left in his head. No thief would be afraid of him anymore. If he's served us well, he's done it because of his hunger and because he was well fed here. Tomorrow is his last day. End of discussion. The dog had overheard everything that they had discussed. Since he had a good friend, the wolf, he went out to see him in the evening and whine about his fate, and tell him that his master was going to shoot him the next day. So this dog can fully understand human speech, and communicate with other wildlife in the forest. This dog is still super useful, if you ask me. Don't worry, said the wolf. I'm going to give you a good plan. Early tomorrow morning, your master will be out with his wife to make hay and they'll take their little child with them because nobody will be staying at home. They generally lay the child behind the hedge while they work. That's definitely not a good place to just put a kid behind a hedge. Now you're to lie down next to the child as if you want to rest and guard him. I'll come out of the forest and steal the child. Then you've got to jump up and run after me and chase me away. They'll believe that you rescued their child, and you'll be in their good graces, and they'll give you anything you want for the rest of your life. The dog liked the plan, and it was carried out just as they had conceived it. The wolf ran off a short distance, and when the dog overtook him, the wolf dropped the child, and the dog brought him back to his master, whereupon the man cried out in a very loud voice, "'Well, since our old sultan has chased away the wolf once again,' He's going to stay alive and will support him for the rest of his life. Wife, go home and cook him some bread mush that he can easily swallow. Also, bring him my pillow. He's to have it for his bed as long as he lives. 
Damn, well, all right, this worked out brilliantly. Plan executed to perfection. All of a sudden, Old Sultan had it so good that he couldn't have wished for a better life. The wolf came to him and was delighted to learn that everything had succeeded so well. Now you certainly won't have anything against it and will help me when I steal a fat sheep from your master. Boom. The wolf is going full Mafia Don here, using a favor to blackmail him. Damn, that is manipulative. But Sultan was loyal to his master and told him what the wolf had in mind. Wait, how did Sultan the dog tell tell this, communicate this to the farmer? How did he convey this? Can he literally talk to this guy? Because if so, then it makes the fact that the farmer was going to kill him way more heartless and brutal. The fact that they can literally just converse and hang out and talk about shit. Yeah, that's fucked up trying to kill a talking dog. So the man waited for the wolf in the barn, and when the wolf came and wanted to get a good bite of sheep, the farmer practically skinned him alive. Later, the wolf was so outraged that he scolded Old Sultan, called him a miserable fellow, and challenged him to a duel to settle things. Ah, no. Well, why didn't the farmer just kill the wolf? You'd think that he would have been able to end it right there. I mean, Sultan should just tell the farmer that the wolf is going to come back and attack him and the sheep and enlist the farmer's help to set a trap for him wherever this duel is supposed to take place. Because I don't like the odds of this old toothless dog against a fucking wolf. They were to take their positions right outside the forest and each one was to bring a second with him. The wolf was the first one at the place and had brought the wild boar as his second. And old Sultan had only been able to recruit a lame cat. <laughs> and finally set out with her. Oh dear, it's getting sadder, guys. Now we've got this toothless old dog and a lame cat. Cat with a limp. When the wolf and the boar saw the cat coming toward them, constantly limping... <laughs> They thought that she was picking up stones to throw at them, and they both became frightened. So the wild boar crawled into some bushes, and the wolf jumped up a tree. When the dog and cat reached the spot, they were both puzzled to find nobody there. However, the boar in the bushes began twitching his ear, and when the cat saw something move, she sprang on top of the boar and bit and scratched him. Consequently, the boar leapt into the air with a loud cry and ran away. Damn, this disabled cat is a fucking badass. I mean, a wild boar could still definitely kill this cat, but hey, cat was already in the boar's head at that point. But I don't really get why, why they'd be so afraid if the cat was picking up stones. A cat could only throw pretty small stones, and a wolf and a boar could definitely take a cat even if that cat had some some rocks. A boar's skin is tough as hell. You could just charge and trample the cat. Or they could throw stones back. I don't know, if a cat can throw stones, the wolf could at least. Their paws, similar enough. These guys are these guys are way too skittish. Wolf and boar, too nervous. Alright, we continue. So the boar leapt in the air with a loud cry and ran away. As he was running, he yelled out, Your opponent's sitting up in the tree. Oh, fuck you, boar, you traitor. <laughs> Not cool, man, selling out the wolf. 
So it came to light that the wolf had cowardly retreated, and the only way he could climb down from the tree was by agreeing to a peaceful settlement. The end. Okay, well, I still feel like the wolf could have just jumped down and torn Sultan and this disabled cat to shreds, but I guess at that point he was so embarrassed to have retreated in such a cowardly way that he, he just wanted to slink away and end this whole this whole ordeal. But I mean, Sultan has no teeth. Dogs don't really have claws, so he's really not a threat, like at all. All he can sort of do is, like, lumber around and, like, bump into the wolf. Maybe just sort of try and throw his body weight at the wolf. <laughs> Basically his only attack move. This cat, though, maybe this cat is such a badass that she scared the wolf into giving up? This cat is a wild card. Absolutely. Coming in with its claws swinging. This really isn't how duels work, though. I mean, yes, the boar and the wolf hid, but the cat just jumped on the boar in the bushes and attacked him. You can't do that in a, in a duel. The cat's not even the one dueling. The cat is the second. In a duel, a second is supposed to, to help their friend that's doing the dueling. Like, prepare the weapons. Make sure everyone's following the rules. Make sure nobody gets ambushed. And ideally, just diffuse the situation so somebody apologizes and nobody has to duel at all. This cat shows up and just immediately attacks the boar in the bushes. I mean, you could say that the cat was surprised by movement in the bushes and thought they were going to get ambushed. But still, what happened essentially boils down to this. The cat and the dog show up, attack the boar and chase it off, then refuse to let the wolf down the tree safely unless it agreed to a truce. That's totally not okay <laughs> for a duel. That's just one side showing up and collectively attacking the other side. Yes, in fairness, the wolf and the boar made a mistake and thought the cat was going to attack them with rocks. That's why they hid. But that's their mistake. That they thought the, this limping cat was picking up rocks. I don't, I don't really see how you make that mistake to begin with, first of all. But that's their mistake. They, they're the ones who got skittish and hid and re allowed this whole ordeal to happen. And then the cat does does come up and does attack them. Not with the rocks, but still an attack. So, lessons for this. I mean, first lesson might be to be careful who you do business with and who you make deals with. Because the wolf acts like he's doing the dog a favor and then uses that favor to blackmail the dog. That's a mafia shit right there. So know who you're dealing with, first of all. Maybe the dog should have figured out something to give or help the wolf with before they went ahead with a fake baby kidnapping plan. Then it's like, okay, I'll do this for you, and you do this for me. But you could argue that the wolf still would have pulled the same move. So I guess, yeah, just be careful who you do business with, who you deal with, because there's some, there's some wolves out there in the world. I think that might be the intended lesson. But the actual lessons here, firstly, just be nice to animals. If the farmer hadn't been intent on murdering his dog, then none of this would have happened. Another lesson, don't psych yourself out about a confrontation or, or an upcoming event that you're nervous about. The wolf and the boar were fine. They had nothing to worry about. They just panicked because they saw a disabled cat in the distance and were like, it's picking up rocks, and they ran. If they just stayed calm and stuck to the plan, they would have been fine and definitely won. So if you're going into a, a I don't know, a meeting, or you have a presentation, or a show, or something, anything... Don't let some small thing or possible complication shake you. Stay the course. You got this. Don't be a, don't be a coward like the wolf and the boar. 
I'm not taking the wolf's side here. I'd also say don't blackmail people with favors. It's pretty fucked up behavior right there too. But we can learn lessons from both sides here. And another lesson, looks can be deceiving. This cat is lame and walks with a limp, but she's a total badass. She's running into battle, jumping on top of the boar's head and fighting it like crazy. So yeah, that's a lesson here. Disabled people can be fucking badasses. Looks can be deceiving. Last lesson here is that it always helps to have a friend with you. Your friend might be able to do something that you can't do, like the cat and the dog here. Always stronger together with others. Let's just hope that this cat doesn't then turn around and be like, so I totally saved your life in that duel, Sultan. Now I own your ass, and you gotta do whatever I say. This could be an endless cycle with this poor dog. This poor dog does seem pretty helpless. He relies on the farmer, then when the farmer's gonna kill him, the wolf saves him, and then when the wolf's gonna kill him, the cat saves him. Now he's gonna have to find a mouse or something to save him from the cat when that goes south, then a flea to save him from the mouse, then just wait for the flea to die, I guess, because how long can a flea live, really? So yeah, maybe that's his, his way out of this situation. But then he's still just an old dog who this, this farmer seems intent on murdering as soon as it's no longer useful. So this just doesn't seem like it's going to really have a great ending for Sultan, regardless of what he does. He just seems like he's got a shitty owner. That's just, that's just luck of the draw right there. Sorry, Sultan. And on that sunny note, let's adapt this thing. <laughs> so we've got, we've got a, a 30 or 40-something guy played by Pete Holmes, stand-up comedian. And he's the assistant manager at an office supply store. But one day, he hears his boss with another coworker, and his boss mentions that he's going to have to fire Pete. And Pete overhears this, and he panics about this and gets real down on himself. And later in the day, when stopping at a burrito place for dinner, he runs into an old friend from college that he hasn't seen in years. And this old friend will be played by T.J. Miller, another comedian. And this old friend, he looks a little rougher around the edges. And he's, he has a wild card sort of energy. And when TJ asks Pete how everything's going, Pete says that it's going all right, but he's going to get fired soon. And TJ's like, what? That is bullshit. No, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. Tomorrow, I'm going to come into the store and pretend to, to be robbing the place. But you're going to fight me off and chase me away. And there's no way they can fire you after that. And so Pete, he's kind of weirded out. This is a little more risky of a, of a thing. He's kind of a straight-laced guy. So this is a risky proposition for him, but he's desperate, and he ultimately agrees. And so the next day, TJ shows up in a giant Halloween mask, like a huge cartoon flower over his head or something, and pretends to rob the place. And Pete jumps into action and chases him off. And everyone at the store applauds and tells Pete how heroic he is. And the boss gives him a pat on the back and says, You know, I've been worried about you lately, but after this, I, I can really see how much we need you here. And he gives him a promotion, and Pete's happy, knowing that his job is secure. And so he meets up with TJ the next day, and says how well it went. And TJ's like, great, that's, that's fantastic, oh, I'm, I'm so happy to hear that, man. Hey, hey, listen, so can you hook me up with some, some free stuff from the store? And Pete, Pete's like, what do you mean? TJ says, well, I helped you out, now is where you pay me back for my favor. And Pete's like, it's bulk office supplies. What are you going to do with office supplies, man? And TJ says, I don't know. Sell it. What do you care? You owe me. Time for you to pay up. 
Pete's like, well, I can give you some stuff that I pay for and that I just like buy, but I can't just steal stuff for you. And so Pete gives him some stuff that he just buys himself and TJ starts selling it. But after a couple times of this, TJ keeps asking for more and more. And Pete is like, look, I can't afford to keep doing this. All right. TJ says, all right, then steal me some shit. I've got regular buyers set up for this stuff now, man. We can't stop. Otherwise, I'll go to your boss and tell him that you saving the store was all fake. And then you're definitely going to get fired. So Pete's like, fine, okay. Just look, I can't steal the stuff myself. They'd know. They'd figure it out. But what if I accidentally leave the back door to the storage room open and you slip in and just happen to get out with some stuff? How about that? And TJ's like, all right, all right, yeah. Yeah, it's a good plan. Tomorrow night, let's do it. And so Pete does this. He leaves the door unlocked but he anonymously calls the cops before TJ comes in. And he tells the cops that someone threatened to rob them that night. So the cops are there when TJ comes in the back door and they bust him and take him away. And Pete thinks he's gotten rid of TJ and solved his problem because TJ is convicted and he's going to jail. So things are okay for a bit, but a couple months later, Pete gets a call and it's TJ. And he's like, I'm coming for you, man. And Pete replies, what? I thought you were in jail. And TJ's like, yeah, I'm out. Man, I stole office supplies. It's not like they put me on death row. What do, you, what do you think? I'd be locked up for life? I stole staplers. I didn't murder anyone. So Pete's like, shit, please don't tell my boss what I did. All right, please don't tell him. TJ says, nah, nah, man, I don't even want you to lose your job. I thought we were friends. I can't believe you betrayed me. I don't want you to lose your job, but I do want to kick your ass. So I challenge you to a duel. Pete says, a, a duel? Like high noon, 12 paces? That kind of duel? TJ replies, yeah, Pete, a duel. You got a sword? Pete's like, no, TJ, I don't have a sword. Do, do you have a sword? TJ's like, yeah, I've got like 20 swords. You know, I had a life before you, Pete. I'm a very interesting and mysterious man. Anyway, I'll bring my swords, and you can pick one. You can pick one out of my, my selection. Bring a friend to act as your second and meet me in the empty lot on Friday. You know, before all this went south, Pete, if I'd been in a duel, I would have chosen you as my second. And Pete's like, all right, all right, TJ, whatever. I'll see you on Friday. Bring the swords. And so a few days later, Pete shows up with another friend from the office supply store who's like this short guy who's normally really quiet and soft-spoken, but they're, but they're just good buddies. And they show up and are looking at the swords in TJ's trunk, when TJ's second makes fun of the short guy's height. And the short guy just freaks out and attacks this guy. And it turns out that short guy here is really good at fighting. And he just starts beating the hell out of the guy. And then starts beating the hell out of TJ. And finally Pete pulls him off. He's like, stop, everyone stop. This is all, this is all my fault. Look, TJ, I'm, I'm sorry for getting you arrested. That wasn't okay. But you put me in a really difficult position. You were blackmailing me into stealing from my job. And TJ says, I was in a tough spot, Pete. But you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, too. You're right. I wasn't being a good friend. So, you, 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 I mean, do you think we could ever be friends again? And Pete's like, yeah, yeah, man. I always liked you. I just didn't like you blackmailing me. And TJ looks at him and just wraps him up in a big hug. And they all remain friends. The four people at the duel, they just set up like a, like a fun club together and they're all super bros together having a great time hanging out after work at the burrito place and everything works out and they all live happily ever after the 
end. And that will do it for this week's story session. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Come on back next week for a story titled The Six Swans. Swans are dickheads in real life. Super aggressive, real, ready to roll, ready to rumble, ready to fight at a moment's notice. So so I'm expecting some action-packed swan fights in this story. Come on back next week to find out if we'll get those swan fights. My name is Zach Stewart, and these are the Shadow Bear Story Sessions. Thank you.